Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. I just really felt with this message that God's giving me for this morning to open it up with the banner that's over our church life, that's over wherever we go. And uh, it's not for one church, it's for everybody. But I know there's been some challenges and challenges and some disappointments and some things happening in the last season. And I just really feel to say over you what we've said over our church for this year, that there is an open heaven for God's grace and favor over your life. And you know what? Grace means preferential treatment. It's like when you get to go on the line, when you're going uh, through the airport and you get the, the cool line, everybody else is lined up and there's like, you know, no one there and you maybe got an upgrade or whatever it is, or you got status and you go through Vanessa, feels bad for everybody else. I love it. I'm like, yep. I'm not with you. I'm, I'm here. And that's what grace is. We get preferential treatment. And I just believe that over this next season of your church, there's going to be such a grace and a favor that it's like where you didn't sow, you're going to reap. That's for you individually and corporately and as a church. And I'm just going to believe for you're going to have, you're already a fun church. I mean, other Canadian churches need to see this church because you're like the funnest church I think I've been to in Canada, seriously. And so, but there is just going to be another level of joy in this church. So just get ready to receive that in Jesus' name. So big love from Montreal. Montreal loves you and Resurgent Church. My wife and I left our children there to come here. That was the best decision ever. I have no regrets, and I'm not sure if I've even spoken to them since I've been here. It's fantastic. Love them, but I'll begin to love them again when I'm on the plane going home. Who knows you need some time away? So big love from Montreal Resurgent Church. You helped, you sowed into our church plant there. So I just want to remind you of what your church is doing and uh, believing. Last time I was here, I had a word that confirmed in your pastor's heart that you were called to go again and to plant in Edmonton. You've done that. And now I've promised, uh, promised them I don't have another word for this time because it may be the last time I'm ever here. So, but I do believe it's, it is a season to enjoy what God is doing. But you're going to have to go again at some stage. I'm sorry. But what God is doing here needs to be in other parts of this city and who knows other cities in Canada and maybe warm places in America and other places. That could be a great word. So I want to talk about wells this morning. Wells. Wells. You know, God in us is our well. Out of the heart springs forth um, the living waters of Christ out of our well, what God is doing in our life. And so I want to talk about wells. I remember when I was an 11-year-old, I lived on acreage and I had a buddy come over. I tricked him to build a bunker with me. I'd seen in America somewhere this crazy person make a bunker. And I thought that'd be a really cool idea. And so I tricked him to come and build this, dig this with me. And so we're out in the backyard. I hadn't asked my mom, you know, my dad yet if we could even do this. I actually thought it was better to ask for forgiveness than permission in this particular situation. That's how we operate in leadership teams in church, isn't it? Sometimes it's like, yeah, you didn't know that song was going to come out, but wasn't it awesome? And um, 
And so began to dig, and I got to about three feet, and we hit stone. And if you hit stone, it's uh, for 11-year-olds anyway, it's game over. It was like this dream that I had got crushed in five seconds. Have you ever had a dream that you started to work on to only hit a brick wall, to hit rock, or opposition, or a dead end, to then have to let it go? I want to encourage you in the year 2020, a whole new decade, it's time to dig again. You might have had a business that didn't work out in 2019, and you think it's done. Now, for some, they are more wired to go and serve somebody else. At certain seasons of your life, you work out what is wisdom for my life and where my best gifts are. But for others, it's like, no, 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 it's time to go again. Maybe a a relationship that didn't work out. Now it's like, I'm never talking to men again. (laughs) Never talking to women again. No, 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 no. Get healed and let's go again. Because God's got greatness on the other side of that. Whatever it is, we've all got dreams that didn't work out. But what I've learned with God is where one dream doesn't work out, He's got a thousand more that He wants to give us. And sometimes those dreams get resurrected at other seasons of our life, and even some of them by our children or others around us. I want to encourage you to dig again, to not give up, to know that God has got great things for us. Isaiah 58 verse 11 says, The Lord will guide guide you always. What a great promise that is. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. That makes me sad at the moment. I'm thinking of Australia. But it's actually literally being scorched, so please keep praying for it. And will strengthen your frame. Even when you feel weak, He's going to strengthen you. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I love that when we get Jesus in us, it's like a well-watered garden that I become. But I've, I've actually got to focus on it. I've actually got to allow the well to not dry out. Because he's got great things for us. I want to speak on how we're called to dig some wells. As we have the well in our life and the well that God's called us to create together. And the wells that he calls us to on Mondays and Tuesdays. And Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Do you know you can become the well for the office that you work in. You could become the well for the community that you live in. We turned up to a community that's very unchurched, very anti-God. Apparently, they knew we were coming. And when we first started, when we first moved there, we had all of our team come and party. And we don't have a big house, but it's like we moved everything out and we partied the first night. And everyone was expecting like prayer meetings. And everyone was expecting like, you know, a bit of weirdness. And because they heard the preachers, the pastors had turned up from this crazy country and uh, from a church style that they weren't used to. And all of a sudden they saw us all partying through the windows. And they're like, who are these people? But you know what? From that well that we're building there, we're bringing people to the house of God and finding Jesus. We're here to dig some wells. I really feel prompted to encourage you to not give up, to keep believing for your breakthrough, and to not just cruise into this new year or this new decade. I want to encourage you to begin begin digging wells for Jesus to fill so that everyone around you gets blessed. Edmonton's being blessed now because you decided to dig a well. Come on, somebody. 
your community is getting blessed because you decided to dig a well. And they don't know it yet, but over the years, they'll begin to see the prosperity that happens, the statistics that begin to go down, because you've decided to dig some wells with the presence of God. John 4 verse 1 to 17, before I go to the Old Testament, I like to lace it with the New. It says, now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, like it's a competition. Even back then, they had it. You'd think we would learn 2,000 years later. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. I love that. And I love that I could say it in this church, because it's not, not going to be naughty to say it, because I love that your leaders raise up others, that they don't have to be the big shots. We don't just have big shot leaders, we have big shot churches that, that serve a big shot God. Come on, do I hear a good amen? So I love this. Jesus is like, no, 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 you go out and do it as well. So he left Judea and went back more, uh, once more to Galilee. And when he uh, went there, he went through Samaria and he came to a town called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. So we've got to remember this well is thousands of years old now and it's still there. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food and the Samaritan woman said to him, but you're a Jew. I'm like a dog to you. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. She's going, you're not just a Jew. We're not allowed to hang out. You're also a man. We're definitely not allowed to hang out. And you're a rabbi, which we definitely, definitely can't hang out. I love how Jesus just breaks all the rules. He just breaks all the rules. She goes, we can't do this. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. See, that's what we're building here today, living water for our community. So like I said in the last service, you know, every time we tithe, we're tithing towards Jesus' return. Because I don't give to a dead God. He died, rose again and ascended, and is waiting for the Father to go, it's your time now to go and gather the bride. We are building the well. We are building the bride. So every time I tithe, it's out of obedience. I know there's promises attached to it, but my greatest revelation is every time I do, I'm tithing to Jesus' return because I want to be a part of a bride that he wants to come back for. Come on, that's where the good amen right there. And so he says, I give them, uh, them, uh, what a Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up into eternal life. And so the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come here to draw water again. He's talking to the Samaritan woman about the water that she draws from the well that will never satisfy. And the only living water that will satisfy, only he can provide. He used the well as an example that he is now the well to draw water from. We draw from him personally and as a community. That's why the well here is so important to our lives and the community that we're here to serve. Every time they build a well, it was to bring the prosperity and the provision to the community around it. And I know that governments and so on and bless them because I want to be here long term. So I love the governments and all of that. But we're trying to push the church out 
instead of keeping it center where it is in the old world, because from the well, everybody was provided for, everybody was nourished, and the provision and the blessing came from the well. That's why it's so important to be part of this well. As we go out and take our part to our communities during the week, we come back to be refreshed together, both personally in our own walk with Christ, and then together, as we're reminded, we're here on mission so that none should perish, so that we can bring as many to the well, so when Christ return, we've got a bunch. Let's go back to the Old Testament, Genesis 26. You still with me this morning? Verse 1 to 6, now there was a famine in the land, and besides the previous famine in Abraham's time, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar, and the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you to live. When God gives you a word, you know he's going to protect and provide for you. Stay in this land for a while, and I'll be with you, and I'll bless you. For to you and your descendants, I'll give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as as the stars in the sky and will give them all of these lands. And through your offspring, all nations of the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed him and did everything. Remember, God's about legacy, not just about one generation. This well isn't just for one generation so we can party and have a good time. I'm thinking about your children's children and their children's children and their until Jesus returns. And so he goes... Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. And so Isaac stayed in Gerar. There's times where God's going to ask you to stay, even when it doesn't make sense. And Isaac planted crops in the land, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich, and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He listened to God. He did what God said, and God blessed him. Here's the thing about wells, planting churches, taking Jesus to the marketplace in our communities. Wells don't dig themselves, people do. We dig them and Jesus fills them. And here's the other thought. How deep we dig them means how deep Jesus will fill it. We don't want shallow churches. We want deep churches. People get a revelation that he is on them. He is for them. We, we get to do this together. And that's what your church is doing. Can I encourage you today to keep digging wells? When a well is dug and the water flows, it literally provides prosperity and provision of the community who surrounds it. That's the church, my friend. Let's keep gathering by the well and let us keep diligent in digging the wells Jesus has for us. You see, the well that God's given them is different to the well that God's given me. But I can, I can help bless it. I can help encourage it. But i got to focus on my well. And then corporately as a church, what you're doing in the marketplace, it's like as we dig wells, we then dig pipelines to the bigger well from those wells. And we increase the depth and the breadth of the well. That's when we start seeing revival happen, taking it from the seats to the streets, because we carry this well within us. So I want to talk about five, five of Isaac's wells, of what he did, that we're going to have to dig and go through to really get through to the promises of God. Is that okay? A few moments that I have left together, let's start this. The first one is this, the well of jealousy. Verse 14, he had so many flocks and herds, it goes on, and the servants of the Philistines, um, that they envied him. 
So all the wells that his father's servants had dug at the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped them up, filled them up with earth. That's how jealous they were. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, who was the king of the Philistines, move away from us. You'll become too powerful for us. Can I just encourage you, when God does something in your life, get used to being too powerful for some people. Get used to being too blessed for some people to be able to handle. That should have been a big amen. I'm saying amen. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar where he settled. He didn't move away from where God called him to. He just decided, okay, this one's not worth fighting for at the moment. So Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug at the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines, Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. When we're going to go out and do something for God, people are going to get jealous about it. When I first started my MBA and had a whole, you know, in my late 30s, I didn't finish it till years later, a uh, year or two ago into planning the church. When I first started, even with some friends and things to talk about doing extracurricular, you know, um, uh, a degree and, and business, it's like some people got jealous because it was like, well, if you're doing it, are you saying that I have to do it? And I'm like, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm crazy enough to do it in this season. I'm not telling you to do it as well. But it's amazing what people will get jealous of. Things they have no idea about. How it happened. How you got there. Christian, friend, get good with people being jealous about your life. I spent 21 years people being jealous that a guy like me could get a wife like her. I just walk away, I just walk around going, fever, fever, preferential treatment, thank you. All the guys that were crying when she said yes to me, but they didn't have the guts to ask her out, sucked in, you got to jump on it quick, come on somebody. Okay, here's the second well, here's the second well, the well of opposition, when you begin to dig. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, the water is ours, so named the world Essek, which means uh, opposition, because they disputed with him. Friend, that's the other thing. You could turn up to work. You're there to help build it. You come up with a great idea. It's going to make more money for the whole organization. But there are going to be people that aren't going to like that you've come up with the idea that they want it. And you're going to have opposition. You start a new church, you think people would love starting new churches and for our community and what we do and how we help our community. Pete, you're going to get opposition. But sometimes, I think sometimes even in our Canadian culture, we can see that as, oh, maybe we should stop. Maybe we're offending somebody. Maybe, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. No, you're doing the right thing. You're just always going to have people that aren't going to like what you're going to do. So we need to get used to it. So what did he do? He didn't give up. Some people give up at jealousy. Other people give up in digging wells, what God's called them to do when people oppose them. But he didn't give up because he had a word from God. So he goes to the next level. You're still with me this morning. He goes to the next well, the well of accusation. Verse 21, then they dug another well and they quarreled over that one. So he named it Sitna, which literally means Satan or accuser. So at this point, he's gone from jealousy to opposition to now. Here he is just doing what God's called him to do, and now he's like Satan. <laughs> I remember my kids, I, uh, about two years ago, one of my young adults sat down at the dinner table with us to have dinner, and he wasn't thinking at the time, and he just started to, as we're having dinner, go, oh, hey, what about all those like blogs and, and all that hate stuff on the internet about you guys? <laughs> I looked at him, and I went, 
you idiot. <laughs> now, that's, that means we love people in Australia when we use that word. <laughs> I know I've learned, especially in Quebec, I have to be careful with some of my Australianness. But I'm like, you idiot. I got my young girls here planning the church. So I'm, re- I'm starting to justify with my girls. Hey, you know what? Sometimes people just, you know, this, that, or another, an accusation. And, and my daughter, my eldest, she sort of popped up and said, hang on for a sec, hang on for a sec. She said, are you telling me that you've got like hate, that people have written stuff, haters, that people have written stuff about the internet on you and everything? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. And she goes, that is awesome. <laughs> That means you're like famous or something. That means like in our world, that's like you've made it when you have haters. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I am awesome. How great are we? You can look at all of it if you want to. We've got to turn things around, seeing when it's the enemy. I mean, like you said, you don't turn from a great climate to a cold climate because you have a wrong agenda, but that's some of the stuff that people were saying, and I'm like, you're going to get accused, but we got to suck it up, buttercup, and we got to dig again. Is this okay? All right, the fourth well. So what did he do? He didn't just stay there and cry and all these things people are saying about me. No, he goes out and digs another well. Verse 22, he moved on from there, moved on from there, that's a good statement, and he dug another well, and no one quarreled over it. So he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. He called it breakthrough. See, you got to go through jealousy. you got to go through opposition. Come on, somebody. you got to go through accusation to be able to get a breakthrough. But can I encourage you? Breakthroughs are great. It's like when you buy a brand new car and the smell and, of the car, and it's amazing, isn't it? And it's like, this is super cool, but two weeks later, you've forgotten about the smell of the car. And if you stayed there with that car and gone, this is it, in 10, 20, 30 years, that becomes a curse, not a blessing, that car. Breakthroughs are momentary. The thankfulness of God. But we don't pitch our tents in breakthrough. But you could be like, oh, but, you know, I've seen that person and they've had this big blessing in their business. And what do they do? They go start another business. Like greedy or they you know have this product line and the product blows up what do they do they go and start another product and that gets blessed as well greedy christians no these people understand the grace and favor of god they understand they're not meant to camp there because it's not about moments it's about legacy and here's what happened because of time you can read it is that he gets a breakthrough and then Abimelech and his army commander comes and knocks on the door. Now, when the army commander is with the king, it means they've got probably thousands of soldiers outside. So you imagine you're one family. You're seeing through the windows the army coming. When you look out, all you can see is soldiers. And the king comes and knocks on the door. I'd be freaking out. Anybody else? I mean, I could maybe take a couple, but an army? We're dead. And so Isaac, but he, he remembered the word of God, the word of the Lord. And so he opened the door. He said, yep, what would you like? Abimelech, literally, I don't know if he got on his knees, but he says, I've realized I'm wrong. This is what I love. When you stay around long enough, even your accusers turn around. Even your opposers potentially turn around. Even the jealousy 
You know, people start to see what God's doing. He goes, you are so blessed. Your God has blessed you so much. I realize how much pain we've caused you. And I want to say sorry. And I want to make a covenant, a relationship with you to be able to live in this land together and be blessed together. How good is that? But before it, God had to remind him again, hey, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm going to bless you. So that's why you got to keep in allowing that word that God gave you to sustain you. To remember, even when you've had some of these issues, some of these challenges, that God is still good. God is still faithful. And so what did he do? Everything's turning around for him. What did he do? The greedy, greedy guy? He goes and digs another well. Verse 26, it says, Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar. He's with his personal, oh no, sorry, verse 32. That day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well they had dug, and they said, we've found water. And he called it Shabar. And to this day, the name of the town has been Beersheba. That day, they hit another well. Shabar means seven or oath, what I call promise or legacy. You see, this well wasn't just for him and his generation. It lasted as he handed it to Jacob. And can I just say a few verses on, where does Jacob find his wife? next to a well you start looking at wells in the bible and how much they have to play with the children of israel and even into the new testament all around the well he gave it to his children and then the samaritan woman encounters the living god by the well that's why we need to dig some wells there's more wells in you church it may not be this year but it might be starting new small groups new ministries other doors to the community to come in. You personally, there are new wells for you. You might have gone through a tragedy like Vanessa and I and losing a child midterm and thinking, well, that's it. No, 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 no. There's a Sahara justice on the other side. You got to believe God and go again and believe in pain to find the blessing. We've got to dig some wells because our community needs Jesus. Our community needs community like this. And as we tend to our well, and we take it to where God takes us, and we create wells where He places us missionally on a Monday and Tuesday, and every other day of the week, and community-wise where we live, we begin to build wells that connect to the greater well, that calls in the second coming of Christ. Friends, you got more wells to dig. Don't give up. He is for you. As you go through jealousy, He is with you. As you go through opposition, He's loving on you. As you get accused, He's coming around you. As you have your breakthrough, He's cheering with you. And then as you get to begin to see legacy happening, what you're doing here and other things in your life, you get to see the promises of God as yes and amen. If that's a word for you, would you just raise your hands right up? If you go, I'm going to take that word into my 2020 that I need to dig again. There's areas, maybe some of you step down to not step up to leadership this year, even when you're asked. Maybe some things that happen or in your own mind, you thought maybe you're not good enough. Or it's like, no, 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 God's saying, get up, dig again, step up again, whatever it is. If that's you, would you just raise your hands to Jesus? Father, I just pray right now, right now, Holy Ghost is so here. Just touch them, remind them, this is a new year, a new chapter. There are new wells to dig. Some of them are going to get filled up by others. There's going to be some disappointments and pain. 
But keep going, keep moving. Because there's breakthroughs and there's promises. Father God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for them individually. Declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand of praise this morning for his word? Because I said, what I love about that is the next generation was around the well. It's always around the well. Keep digging wells. Keep supporting the well. Keep nourishing the well. That's what we do. Friend, I don't know where you stand with Jesus. I only know where Jesus stands with you. He loves you and He is for you. One of the greatest moments that I get to have is to take an opportunity to connect you to Jesus, either for the first time or the first time in a long time. Look, I know a lot about Justin Trudeau. I don't know why. I just like politics. But I don't know Justin Trudeau. Lots of people can know about Jesus, but not know Him personally. And I want to ask you this morning, starting a new chapter of a new year, not if you've made a mistake. We have grace for that. Grace isn't cheap. It costs Jesus everything. You made a mistake, you run towards Jesus, and then you run toward a friend or a spouse or a buddy, and you work that out in healing and wholeness and community. But I'm talking about if you're here this morning, and if you're honest with yourself, you're not connected to Jesus. You're not connected to the well. You might be feeding off somebody else's well, and it's time to get your own well. To allow Jesus to come in and give you what only He can give you to quench your thirst, living water. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And if you say, Andrew, I'd love to be a part of a simple but a powerful prayer. It doesn't stand anybody up or embarrass anybody, but just all I ask is at the count of three to raise your hand. When I see that hand, I pray a simple but a powerful prayer, and we actually pray it together because we're family, to allow Jesus either to come into my life for the first time or the first time in a long time and reconnect with my purpose, reconnect with my Jesus, my God. You don't have to be perfect because no one's perfect. doesn't matter what you did last night. What you said about God, the Bible says before we could ever love Him, He first loved us, which throws everything out the door and says we just come as we are. If you go, hey, I want to reconnect with Jesus, well, I'm going to ask you in a minute to raise your hand. And just to show you how easy that is, could everyone just raise their hand all throughout this room just so we break the ice? Thank you. You can put your hand back down. If you could close your eyes and just bow your head to give people privacy. I'm going to count to three. It always takes the first hand to be raised, which I have even greater respect for, and the rest follow. Friend, here we go. This is your moment to reconnect with Jesus or connect with Him for the first time. One, He loves you. Never forget it. Friend, two, you take one step towards Him, He'll take 10,000 steps towards you. Friend, three, if that's you and you go, yes, could you keep your hand up high enough so I can see? Hand over there, over there. I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm talking about getting right with God. Over there and over there and over there, through there, through there, through there, through there. Amazing. I don't know your story, but Jesus does. We're going to pray. While eyes are closed and heads are bowed, why don't you pray this prayer after me? Jesus, thank you for loving me and dying on the cross for my freedom and for, for, for my forgiveness. Today, I say yes to you. I say yes to your grace undeserved and unmerited and your favor that empowers me for my future I receive eternity and I'm all in in Jesus name Amen We hope today's message encouraged you If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. 
We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.